This is episode number 200 of the Rising Man podcast with David Lyon. When did you forget about magic in the world? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining me here today. Jetty Azuma here behind the mic for another episode of the Rising Man podcast. Before we jump in today, make sure you cruise over to risingman.org. Check out all the new events and opportunities we have coming up. This next year, 2022, is going to be our best year ever. We got some new amazing offerings, some programs that we've tweaked and are relaunching. So if you haven't been there in a while or you're not familiar with what we got going on, take five minutes, cruise over to risingman.org, find the offering that gives you the greatest excitement, most intrigue, and go check it out. Get your sign, get yourself signed up today. I challenge you to register for something going into 2022 so you can start off the new year right. All right, my guest for today is David Lyon. David is a spiritual mentor, source channeler, and hypnotist. His heart's mission is to empower and inspire light leaders to live their highest potential by supporting them on their path of ascension, fulfillment, healing, and self-mastery. He's returning to the show since appearing in the early days of the Rising Man podcast all the way back on episode number 15. If you haven't checked that episode out, make sure you go check it out right after this episode. Tune in for this one since you're already here, but go back to episode 15. Check out my first interview with David. In this episode, David attempted to describe the ineffable, the indescribable essence of magic. He talked about accessing our unique magic in our creativity and gifts, while also giving us insight to his simple success formula. We talked about eating cereal, watching old episodes of The Fresh Prince, and the secret to prioritizing your highest excitement. David also dropped the seven-day excitement diet on us, so make sure you tune in. You don't want to miss that one. And we dove deep into a different context behind shadow work and why it's essential for every one of us to build a healthy relationship with our shadow. This and so much more. Without further ado, David Lyon. All right, folks. David Lyon coming in live from Montreal at the moment. My man coming in. Last time you were on here was episode 15. This is episode 200. So... We've covered some ground, man. How have you been since then? It's been a good minute, bro. Um, I mean, since then, I've gone through a whole plethora of different things, but um, I've been great, man. You know, went through some extremely challenging times in the last year. Um, as I was telling you, you know, just went through some of the most challenging times of my life. Um, and at the same time, like some of the most magical times. It's been a very powerful time of, of just awakening and expanding in all areas of my life from relationship to business to um self-exploration the purpose and yeah it's been it's been magical bro that's beautiful man well you know i asked you this question back on episode 15 because that's what i've asked everybody and that's what does it mean to be a man but i figured i'd give you another hit at it because it's been a couple (laughs) of years so what does it mean to be a man for david lyon today (sighs) in 2021 man you know what i feel (laughs) i feel like i may have said this last time too I, i don't remember but my my first impulse answer was was simply I don't know because I I feel like it's it's an ever evolving exploration for me, um, and you know with that what I can say to you know to be when I think of being a man I just think whether it's man or woman I think of just being an integrity, mm-hmm. you know so so for me it's you know it's being true um, it's calling yourself forth into your own power, into your own leadership, into your own mastery in a very devotional way. Um, and it's being love. It's, it's truly being and embodying love um, in, in its fullest spectrum, you know, and, and just kind of like learning, 
where you might be misperceiving love, you know, because a lot of times what we think is love is not love. It, it might be attachment, it might be condition. And so, you know, I see it as, as that, you know, I, I, it's being integral, being love, being true, and, and calling yourself forth as a man, as a leader, as a, as a being, deepening right, your connection with source inside your heart. I love that. As I do, I'm going to pick pieces a part of your answer and go deeper into it. So I don't know if I caught your words exactly, or I've seen it somewhere in your bio or something, but mastering your magic is something that I, that I hear and what you're saying. So first let's define magic for those who maybe have never heard of you or heard of your context for magic. What is magic? Uh, the magical question. <laughs> so from my perspective, well, on one level, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, as soon as you try and define, you kind of lose it, right? Because, it, be, because it's so ineffable. But to the best of my ability, I would say magic is, is infinite possibility. But really living from that space, you know, and oftentimes when I'm speaking of magic, not all the time, but often when I'm speaking of it, I'm also speaking of uh, tuning into your unique mastery your unique gift where everything feels magical, where you don't know how you're accomplishing certain things, but you just know that it flows through you and that allows you to attune to a certain level and rhythm of life that also has the experience of magic where things are just flowing and these synchronicities are just jamming in and you're, you're, you know, you're channeling this effortless genius wisdom and you know, you're able to experience energetic abilities and gifts of that nature for those who've you know, gone in that direction. So. You know, when I say infinite possibility, I'm, I'm even with that only really scratching the surface at, at what I'm truly attempting to capture and what I'm meaning by it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, an, it's an experience of the deepest part of who you are as source energy. So in your perspective, would you say that magic is more masculine or more feminine? Neither. Mm. Say more. Yeah, neither. It's, it's you know... Again, if, we, if we're relating magic to the infinite, we, we can't limit it with masculine or feminine. I love this. You know, every podcast I'm on, I get asked, what is magic? And it's always my most challenging question to answer. And yet it's the thing that I live and breathe with every moment. Um, well, let me ask you this then. This might make it a little bit simpler to digest. What is your magic? What, what is the magic that moves through you? If you're looking at yourself as David Lyon, the man, what is your magic? Being me. Hmm being me being myself you know and and i don't mean that just on a physical level you know i i truly experience that each of us are our magic expressing itself in human form you know magic is the nature of existence mm -hmm. if we if we if we look at it it's, it's literally the nature we we don't know how things are the way they are it's very magical mm -hmm. um and so, so, but the, the core of it is, you know, at least for me, it's, it's simply being me in the, in the deepest, in the deepest of ways. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give my perspective on this because we've had a couple of conversations about magic and exploration of that, which is really exciting to me. It helps me tap into my inner child because for me, magic, my first context and orientation around magic was possibilities. It was Disneyland. It was the unimaginable becoming real. <clears throat> and obviously as an adult, I think the, the story, I know that Peter Pan is one of those stories that you like to reference in your work sometimes. There's, as we become adults, there's almost like this archetypal story of disconnecting ourselves from magic and possibility. Mm -hmm. And so 
I love superheroes. I love superhero stories. X-Men was my jam, still is my jam. And I've always believed the parallels between the hero's journey and purpose when it comes to superheroes and having the backstory and the origin story that then reveals the inner power of this individual and how they express their power in the world. To me, that is, it's, it's such a, a, a simple way of referencing this idea I have of magic. It's mm. like, well, what is that superpower? And so that's why I asked you, what is your magic? Because in my context, I'm thinking, okay, well, what is that? What is that superpower that you have? And, and to the degree you've discovered it so far? Yeah, that, you know, you know, I can only, <laughs> I, I, I love that you're having this conversation with me. Um, you know, what comes up for me when you speak of superpowers and things of that nature, I think of experiences I've, that I've had that have been miraculous, you know, so, for example, in the transformation work that I do when I'm when I'm serving other people, I've literally got to experience miracles, um, such as healing things that I've been told are incurable, such as uh, epilepsy and gallstones and um, STDs that, you know, were preventing people from having a sex life and all things that no one knows how to cure. But through the magic of love through, you know, literally through a space of of being unwavering love and allowing wisdom to flow through that love we've been able to facilitate moments and experiences where, where people experience miraculous healings that have lasted in, in a single one hour session, you know? So that's just like, and even that just feels like a slice of the pie to me. You know, it's, it, it's, it's truly, it truly is undefinable. And, you know, as much as I, like, I enjoy the challenge and exercise of trying to define it, you know, um, I, I just don't know how I, okay. I, yeah, I don't know how, you know what I'm, I'm reminded of something that um, a teacher said to me once where he said, his name's Sananda. And he said, it's not what the eyes can see. That is the magic of life. It's that the eyes can see that is the magic of life. And it's not what the ears can hear. It's that the ears can hear. And, and and so on and so forth and it's and it's and it's not so much the words but it's what it's pointing to that we start to kind of get a taste of the texture of like what is meant by by magic you know and if you want to talk about how to access magic then we have a whole different story and conversation where i could talk for days <laughs> uh, okay cool well there you go give us a good leverage point um well before we, before we jump right into accessing magic would it serve us to have a conversation about shadow and your context for the relationship we can have with shadow, because especially in men's work, a lot of, I'm always about getting more clarity about what we mean when we say shadow work. And I remember two, three years ago, we had a conversation that gave me a completely different perspective on my relationship with my shadow. Would it serve us to talk about that first and then accessing magic or vice versa? I think vice versa. I think, yeah, okay. I think, I think vice versa, because I know it'll give us a foundation and then we could explore the different aspects of it. All right, man. So let's do it. Tell, <laughs> tell us about accessing the magic. So from the perspective that accessing magic is simply accessing your greatest self, your, your infinite nature, and, you know, which is the you that has access to higher wisdom, intelligence, intuition, spiritual gifts, creativity, so on and so forth. 
accessing magic has a very simple formula and simple doesn't always mean easy right and so in essence the more so something i always ask people is how much do you prioritize acting on your highest excitement in your everyday life yeah that's it's familiar the, <laughs> it's the number one question i ask people and i and usually they'll say like oh maybe like 10 or 20 percent and that question is very revealing to me as to where you know where they are in, in terms of living magic or at least how i define it because when we act on our highest excitement our highest passions our highest joys those very attractive feelings that light us up and that feel expansive it tunes us into more of who we are right when we when we act on excitement passion joy creativity love curiosity inspiration those expansive feelings you'll feel more connected to yourself. And when you feel more connected to yourself, you feel like more of who you are. When you feel like more of who you are, you feel more confident. When you feel more confident, you feel more in flow. Then you feel more creative. Then you feel more inspired. Then you feel more in line with synchronicity. Then magical things start happening that you can't explain. And you just keep expanding into higher realms of the magic that you are in ways that you weren't able to perceive yourself before. Ooh, so, ooh, 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 David, I'm, I'm going to be like the Q&A guys in the audience. Yeah, please. But, but, but David, that sounds great. But what about the shit that I just have to get done? Mm. <laughs> it leaves nothing out. Mm. You know, it's, 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 a com it's literally a complete formula. And I'll explain exactly how. And I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up. So So a lot of times our mind, not even a lot of times, our mind is only designed to know two things. Our mind is designed to know how things are happening and how things have happened, right? It's not designed to know how things are going to happen. We don't know what's going on in five minutes from now or five seconds from now. It's only what we can call our higher self or deeper self or intuition, whatever word you want to use, that knows how things are going to happen for us. There's, there's a certain intelligence to life that unfolds on its own that just seemingly uh, rhythmically unfolds life for us that it would serve us to learn how to better attune to right and so i give i always give this story example of when i was younger about 10 years ago i was in this moment where i was learning to integrate the idea of acting on my highest excitement and essentially only doing what I feel like doing. And just to, to speak into that, when I say only what I feel like doing, I mean, on a soul level, feel like, you know, cause a lot of people could be like, well, I just feel like watching Netflix or just doing drugs. Right. I, yeah. I'm talking about feel like on a soul level. So that kind of feel like is something that, that lights you up, something that feels expansive when you go in that direction. So it's, it's not a, an act of escape in any way. And so one morning I woke up and when I woke up, like a lot of people, my mind started racing like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. I have to get back to these clients. I have to write this thing. I have to, have to, have to, have to. And I stopped and I noticed, I'm like, okay, wait, what is, I'm like, that's what I have to do. And if you notice the texture of the have to, it, it feels hard, right? It, feel, it feels rigid. And so that's what lets me know it's my mind. That's my limited mind thinking that I know what I need to do. Hmm. And so I stopped, I'm like, okay, that's what I think I have to do. 
what do I feel like doing? What do I feel like? And immediately what I felt was, man, I just feel like getting a bowl of cereal and watching an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That was my jam. And I was just like, and immediately my mind kicked in is like, you can't do that. That's irresponsible. You have deadlines. You know, you got to get this done within a couple of hours. All the reasons started to come in to challenge my resonance. So reasons versus resonance. And, but I was like, okay, hold on. Let me practice what I preach here. I'm going to listen to my feeling. And so I got that, I got the bowl of cereal, sat down, watched Fresh Prince on Netflix. And let's just say my energy was over here by laughing and enjoying. It brought my vibration from here to here. And so then I was like, okay, I'm like, now what do I feel like doing? And I was like, well, now I really don't feel like doing my work and what I have to do. I feel like watching another episode. And again, my mind kicked in, but I was like, okay, hold on. Let's keep practicing. So I watched another episode, laughed some more, brought my energy from here to here. And then I was like, okay, now what do I feel like doing? What's the highest excitement? And I was like, you know what? I actually really just feel like going for a walk. It's a nice summer day in Montreal. We don't get that much sun here all year round. Let, let me just go for a walk. And by this point, I, I had given up on listening to my mind. I was like, let me just do it. So I went for the walk. And like, as I'm walking in the park, like I feel the sun beaming on my face. So I start to slow down and I just start to feel gratitude and I start to feel joyful. And my vibration starts to go from here to here to here to here until I find myself in the vibrational vicinity of where inspiration and clarity live. And then all of a sudden, these inspirations spontaneously dropped in. And it was just like, oh, that's how I can do what I have to do in a more fun way. All of a sudden, I got inspirations. And so my have tos turned into a feel like. So now I feel like doing what I have to do. And I ended up getting it done way more effectively, more efficiently, and more effortlessly. Mm. And so when I say that it leaves nothing out, I really mean it. Like your, your higher self, your inner being knows what's truly essential and necessary that you need to get done. But it also knows the best way for you to get it done. It knows that if there's an inspiration wanting to drop in that will help you, it knows if there's a certain synchronicity wanting to happen where a person will pop into your life and you'll have a conversation and it'll just spark something in you and who knows, they become a business partner or whatever case may be. We don't know how things are going to happen, but when we follow this kind of formula, we go from trying to figure things out to tuning into where things are figured out for us. Mm. So, so I'm tracking you here. It's so, it's so funny how things align because I had one of those moments. So I'll, let me tell you about my morning today. Mm-hmm. I woke up at five o'clock. I got to the gym by six, got my workout on. That's been, that's been like my jam. So recently I get to the coffee shop. I'm on my laptop by 7am. I pop it open. And most days that I do that in the past two months, I'm lit up. I'm like, let's go. The fire's burning. I got my instrumental music in my ears and I'm just crushing. I sat down, opened up my laptop. I'm like, man, what do I, what do I even have to do today? I wasn't even clear on what I have to do. And as soon as I took a minute to look at what I have to do in quotes, I was like, man, I really don't want to do any of that. And so it's, it's such a perfect conversation that comes up right now because none of us are immune to that. And I I did a bit of that exploration intuitively. And what I, what I hear and what you're saying is there's always another possibility. And what I find myself is that when I get too rigidly locked in or fixed into the task list and the schedule, the calendar, it eliminates possibilities. And this whole conversation of magic has been about infinite possibilities. So this is also a resistance of mine. 
still a resistance of mine. It's not like I figured it out or anything, but when I, I, I'm more effective and efficient, this is my story, when I obey my calendar and I obey my schedule. But what it does is it blocks me off from possibilities. Whereas when I open myself up and I just take a little step back, it's not even like I got to put everything down for the day and binge watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but just give myself a moment to actually tune in and listen and say, maybe I just want to listen to music and tune out for the next 30 minutes. What was my greatest excitement today? This audiobook I started yesterday that somebody recommended to me. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to you know, listen to messages right now. I'm just going to listen to this audiobook here in the coffee shop. And you know, I'm not even making this shit up. Like it really happened. Like, the, you know, 20 minutes into that, I was like, oh, damn, that helps me see what's the next thing I got to do on my business plan that I was, <laughs> that was on my task list. And there you go. So sometimes the lesson for me here is that a small step back allows for a bigger step forward because there's a different possibility there. Instead of trying to just force it through the rigid path, opening up to a different possibility that could lead to less resistance. Absolutely, man. You know, and this is where I always say, like, the feelings you act on are the reality you're building towards. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, our, our dreams, they're not necessarily a destination. We don't like, I'm at my dreams. It's, it's a state of being. Our dreams are a state of being. They, they, if you think of all the things that you want for yourself, you're going to see yourself like illuminated, alive and free and joyful. Chances are you're not going to see yourself stressed out and frustrated and, and, and rigid. You know, so that's a bit of our clue of, okay, if I want to build towards or attune to that kind of reality, I have to learn how to act from those kinds of feelings first, as opposed to the other way around. You know, this is where um, I was once taught the great spiritual equation, which has since I've seen since in like many other workshops and stuff, which is simply being plus doing equals having. Mm -hmm right? A lot of people do it backwards. They, they're like, okay, if I do this, then I'll be at peace and then I'll be able to be happy, you know, but it, it, it just ends up manifest. You know, if you do things from frustration, you might get something done, but then there's another frustration that manifests, right? So I'm not saying that there's not value in planning or in, um, uh, or anything, anything of that nature. Actually, it's incredibly valuable, when done from the right place and with without rigidity you know so as long as your plan includes the possibility of the plans changing then you're coming from a more expansive place and leaving room for your higher self to breathe and and so this is where i would bring in the distinctions of masculine feminine back on episode 15 i wasn't really exploring that all that much i was really just operating from well what does it mean to be a man and since then, it's it's been an, a deeper dive into well, what is the difference between masculine and feminine, hearing different people's perspectives. And for me, this is where the masculine and feminine can come online, because obviously we, we have both of those qualities within all of us, where I can tap into the limitless possibilities that feels more feminine to me, and I can blend that with my ability to be logical and strategic, which to me is more masculine, more linear, mm -hmm. right? And to, to access both of those and just call that whole thing magic, to me, it, the, the magic is the dance, right? It's like the line in the middle of the yin yang, right? It's not, yes. it's not the sides. It's like walking that curve between the two. So, a thousand percent. Yeah. So that's yeah. how I see it. A thousand percent, you know, and, and what happens is, you know, once you, you know, so I often recommend people to do this for seven days, you know, so a lot of times I, I'll meet people who 
have just been going through it for like months on end, really trying to either get something off or, or whatever the case is, and acting from a place believing that things are not good enough. And so all they're attracting is more of not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so what I often recommend is a seven day diet. I'm like, give yourself a seven day excitement only diet. Just try it out. That, that's all I'm saying. You know, it's, and I, and I, I use seven days because it makes me think of whether it's, it's a truth or a metaphor, but I think of the idea of how God created the world in seven days. And so I'm like, okay, create, it takes seven days to create a whole new world for yourself. You know, and as, as Jay-Z said, difficult takes a day, impossible takes a week. So seven days to accomplish the I'm possible. And so if for the next seven days, you simply choose to prioritize your only the things that truly light you up, your highest excitement, passions, and joys, and say no to everything that's not that, it will be challenging, at least on the first day, because you have a certain momentum and certain belief system. But after that first day, I could pretty much guarantee that by the third day of doing this, you're going to lose track of how many days it's been because you're going to see how things just happen so effortlessly. You know, Rather than you feeling like you're doing so much, it'll feel like the universe is doing through you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's, it's a different kind of flow. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I remember you actually prescribing this to me. I don't remember if it was seven days back when you, you prescribed it to me, but I, there was definitely some sort of challenge of just go and be with your greatest excitement. And I just, I, that was really the first time I'd actually considered that. And I even, I can even remember, I was like, I don't know, man, it was pushing up against my things I got to do mindset. And since, since the last time we spoke, uh, I've regularly, I take men out into the wilderness for these uh, solo wilderness fasts that we do. And while they're fasting for four days, I've got four days where I'm off the grid. I don't have access to my phone. I literally have nothing else to do. So for the most part, I can go where my excitement and my desire wants me to go. I can be in conversation with the other men I'm in camp with. I can have some solo time. I can write and, and do whatever I feel there. And so that's, that's my reference point for this. And I, I often experience what you just described, losing track of time, losing a sense of what day is it? What else? I don't even think about the other things that I have to do anymore. And then returning back to them seems more effortless. It's, right. it's easier. Right. And, and this is where I say it's, it, you know, it's, it's simple. It's not necessarily always easy because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the idea of going in the direction of our highest excitement, there's a lot of fear there, or we even have judgment on our excitement. And so we might have to like navigate through that. And even, even in order to be able to, to flow in that direction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, if, the more connected to yourself, you are the more effortlessly creative and, ins- and, and inspired and positive that you, that you become. And so everything else becomes more natural. And then once you start to fill up your cup in that way, you know, I always say, fill up your cup and give from the overflow, you know? So once you start to fill up your cup in that way, you even find yourself in moments where there's things you would like to get done, let's say a certain kind of work. And then you could ask yourself, because now you're feeling more um, higher vibration, let's say, then you could ask yourself, okay, what's the most exciting way I could imagine getting this done? Right. And then that might even show you something different. You might see, not see yourself at your desk. You might see yourself, oh, let's go do this at the park. Right. And so now you're using the formula to your advantage because you have the excited state of being to even access those kinds of thoughts to think that way to begin with. Right. And that, I think that's the, the best way to think about it is it's, it's not 
scrapping everything that you're setting out to do entirely. That I think that's the scary edge for me. It was like, wait a second, man, you're asking me to throw everything that I'm up to away. And really it's just, no, give yourself an opportunity to approach it from a different angle, a different perspective. And in all the years that I've been working with men, one of the, one of the, the, my favorite things to hear from a man is I don't have any other, any other options. And I'm like, dude, there's always a bajillion options. If you, if, you, if you don't know what your other options are, you're either not creative enough or you haven't spent enough time or maybe you can't see it, but there's always more possibilities, right? For example, today, I might've had a more exciting time doing my work at the coffee shop if I invited a buddy along with me and we spent the first half hour talking about what's going on in our lives. And that oftentimes when I do that, that inspires all types of creative inspiration because I'm always listening from what is this man going through? How can I relate to what he's going through? How can other men relate to what he's going through? Oh, how can I share that with other men so that it's beneficial and valuable to them? But I didn't consider that because I was getting into my rhythm and my routine of go to the gym, go to the coffee shop, open the laptop, start punching away at the task list, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I've, what, I've, what I've come to realize, you know, with this formula, like now, now you know, I've been living this way religiously, quote unquote, um, you know, since I was 21, I'm 35 now, you know, for me, it's, it's, there's no other way to live. But what I've noticed with people who have more challenge with it, or who mm, aren't ready to take it in, or don't want to take it in, is it just, it depends what their priorities are. You know, like, I'm someone who prioritizes joy and freedom. That is my top priority. And that's the, the foundation of my life that I like everything to sprout from. Other people prioritize getting things done and making money, you know, and, or whatever the case is. So if, if your priority isn't even joy and freedom and those kinds of feelings to begin with, then of course, there's going to be a dissonance with that kind of idea. And it would actually, ironically, paradoxically, end up affording you all the things you're looking for in a much more fun way. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, and I think that's what a lot of people who are listening to this get to get to consider, because to me, the, the beautiful part about this message is it, it's it doesn't really matter what circumstances you have in your life. We're talking about anything that you're doing, any circumstances you find yourself in, even if you're working that bullshit job that is the thing that's getting you to the next step. How can you approach your reality today differently that will produce more inspiration and excitement that will produce a great little, what did you say in the vicinity of inspiration? In vibrational vicinity. Vibrational oh. vicinity. Yeah. Of that creativity and inspiration. Cause when you said that, and I, for people who aren't, who are just listening, the, the meter as your hand walked up the meter, I could really relate to that. It's it's almost like a threshold that needs to be crossed. And all of a sudden we tap into this part of ourselves that is indescribable, that is ineffable, abstract. I can't quite put my hands on it, but I felt it before. I know when the circumstances align that put me into a different state, flow state, some people will call it, or just the creative zone. But that's achievable for all of us, regardless of our circumstances. It's just a matter of creating that, that situation for ourselves by taking that half step back. Absolutely. And, you know, and at the end of the day, like all I'm really saying is be who you are. You know, there, there's a, um, there's a powerful quote that I live my life by, which is by Mark Nepo. It says, the flower doesn't dream of the bee. It blossoms and the bee comes. Mm. Right. So the flower doesn't sit there dreaming of like, oh, how am I going to attract the bees of abundance or the bees of money? It just focuses on its blossom by watering itself 
with its inspirations, watering itself with excitement and, you know, and receiving the light. And then it has no choice but to attract those bees of abundance and opportunity and clients and so on and so forth. And so when I'm saying that it, it's just another way, say, another way of saying be who you are, it's because, again, when I'm saying act on your highest excitement, that's the energy of the true you. That's why when you act on it, it makes you feel like more of yourself. You know, it's, it's so it's just a formula to get connected to the fuller spectrum of yourself. So if you if you imagine that everyone's a rainbow and maybe some people are, are only attuned to three colors of their rainbow. And so they're not perceiving the other four colors of what's possible for them. This is just a way to embody the full spectrum of your rainbow. I love that, man. Well, that, that sounds like a good pivot point to start talking about shadow because, you know, the, the shadow of us and the shadow part of ourselves, it must be included in that part of the rainbow. So uh, give us your context for what it means to have a relationship with your shadow because you were the probably the first person for me who who created the possibility that my shadow may not necessarily be a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we have to, you know, be careful with language. You know, a lot of times we hear terms like shadow and, you know, if we don't ground it down and make it simple, then it's easy to associate fear to it. You know, mm -hmm. Oh, shadow darkness. Right. So my definition of shadow is simply unprocessed emotion. Okay, and that could be positive or negative. We could have unprocessed trauma or we could have unprocessed potential, right? There's, and, and this is where I gave you the analogy back in the day of Peter Pan, where um, we were, I forget how the conversation came up, but yeah, we were talking about shadow and I was saying, well, if you think about it, our shadow is part of our greatest access to more of ourselves, to more of our potential and to more of what life is, wanting for us because you know in the original disney movie of peter pan the way that peter found wendy was actually because he was chasing his shadow he was pursuing his shadow because his shadow got away and as soon as he pursued his shadow which and his shadow was um represented by his more mischievous self it was his mischievous raw self and peter maybe was more saintly and like always you know thinking he had to be good but it was it was his fuller spectrum and so by allowing him to explore his shadow at wherever it was taking him within his world, it allowed him to connect to deeper love inside and more of his potential. And also, you know, I'm sure the Disney movie doesn't show this, but I'm sure it also surfaced traumas, <laughs> <laughs> you know, things that were in there. Sure. You know? So, you know, and, and to go back, bring this back to excitement, you know, this is where, again, I say it's a complete formula because when you, what a lot of people do, and I think this is important for people to hear, what a lot of people do is they get themselves in the trap of becoming inner workaholics. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's true. Right. They, mm -hmm. at some point, and I've done this myself um, when I first discovered healing and stuff like that. At some point you discover, oh, wait, I could heal these things inside of me. I could release them. I don't have to live with them. And then we go on this obsession of like, okay, I want to find every mom, mom, mommy wound and daddy wound I could find and whatever other wound. And I want to release all of it. And so we become these inner workaholics. But what happens when you do that is anyone who's an inner workaholic, their life 
I could, I'd be willing to bet their life is very up, down, up, down. I'm mm. great. I'm bad. I'm great. I'm bad. Right. Because it's like you, 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 you find a wound, you resolve it, you release it. And you're like, Oh, I did it. I feel good. And then a couple of days later or a week later, another layer comes up. You're like, Oh, I didn't see that part. And then you're, you're working on it again. So the reason why that happens is if we're focused on our problems and solving them, all we could attract is more problems to solve because that's where our focal point is, right? And so on the other hand, if we're focused on our expansion, if, you know, and this is where I'm going to excitement, if we focus on our highest direction, what happens is as we're going into lighter and lighter states of ourselves, as a side effect, it's also going to surface any limiting beliefs, any traumas that need to be looked at in order for you to continue on that path of your excitement, on that path of your joy. But because your focus was on expansiveness, you'll attract more expansiveness as opposed to the whole up-down effect that inner work can cause. Yeah, I, I'm glad that we're revisiting this because here we are a couple of years later and I'm, I'm hearing it with different ears, it seems like. And uh, just going back to the shadow piece for a second yeah. and thinking about that, that story of Peter Pan, uh, he was chasing his shadow. He wanted it back, right? Yeah. That, that was, that's the interesting thing. And in, by comparison, the large, I'd say the large majority of dialogue around shadow work is, has this context of eliminating the shadow or resolving the shadow. And personally, I could just say personally, the past 10 years of my life has been a huge lesson in this. I, I used to call myself the sunshine man. I only wanted to be in the sunshine. I'm in the daylight. I'm a child of summer. I love the long days. Wintertime is really hard for me, generally speaking. And I, I didn't have a strong relationship with my shadow or any relationship really when I was in my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. And when I went out and went on my own rite of passage and fasted for four days, it was all about shadow. It was all about the creatures of the night coming forth and begging me to look at this. They were even visiting me in the daytime. They're like, yo, it's time to look at this thing and to see it as, as an ally, right? Like mm -hmm. you said, that playfulness, that creativity, that, that silliness, the gesture that also happens to be something that a lot of men don't have access to probably because of old traumas, like you said, of, you know, getting detention for being the class clown or getting in trouble for acting out of line it's, it's archetypal, right? Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, imagine that your consciousness is a large house and you only have lights on, on 40% of the house. So, you know, 40% of yourself and the rest is in the dark. And maybe some of the, the, some of the doors are closed because of trauma, but behind those doors of trauma, there's all kinds of toys that you forgot about that connects you to memories of who you once were that you're like, oh man, I forgot. I love that. I forgot. I had those dreams, mm -hmm. you know? So, so that's why I call it, you know, it's, it's, it's just unawareness. That's all darkness and shadow is. It's, it's just, it's a place where there's pure potential, you know, and you don't, you can't know your light without knowing the dark you know, we can't know left without knowing right. And so, it, you know, the idea is, you know, to always witness the dark with a peaceful heart, mm -hmm. to recognize that, you know, there are treasures in there and there are traumas in there, which contain treasures. Yeah. It's, it's helping me see the experience of trauma in a different light. Also, I think a lot of people often would associate trauma as the 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 root of shadow 
you know, but it's, but I think that trauma is just a, a part of it. It's, it's a part of that process. Like you said, sometimes traumas will be revealed in the midst of exploring shadow, right? It's, that's, it's an easy place to tuck them away and have them hide out. And something we were speaking about earlier, just like the, the privilege, the privilege of growing up and not having to face as many hardships. We were actually talking about this before we started recording and we were sharing about our experience with loss and death and the fact that tragic loss and death for most of us doesn't happen until we've lived a few decades. Just thinking about that. There's people in this world, on this on this planet right now who experience tragic death and loss many times before the age of 10, Absolutely. probably even earlier. Yeah, And the fact that we don't have a relationship with that, it doesn't prepare us as well to deal with those things that come up in the shadow. And, and then we create, we have a whole society that has a story about what shadow is, what darkness is, and we don't want to see it. We don't want to look at it. That's, that's something I've seen in my communities too. When things like this come up, people want to distance themselves from it. They want to label it. They want to put that villain demon character persona on top of people whose shadow comes to the surface and then distance themselves from it because they don't know how to be with it and the fact that we can't do that for each other by nature doesn't allow us to create full trust with each other and build community absolutely man and you know and, and i think it's also that growing up many of us maybe probably even most of us aren't provided with the tools necessary to explore our shadow so that could create more fear around it. You know, if, you know, I define a trauma as a memory frozen in time, mm -hmm. right? There's something that happened once upon a time and it, it jolted you and, and that got stuck as this is how things are when, you know, when love comes into my life, I always mess things up or, or whatever the thing is. And then that gets buried as we grow up into our shadow and it's not until we find a new relationship that because we're in the presence of love, because love is the great magician, it is the great revealer, it is going to surface inside of you anywhere where you are not fully attuned to love. And so as it surfaces that trauma that you thought was long forgotten about or unconscious, if you don't have the tools or the wherewithal to understand how to even navigate it, then of course it's going to seem scary. It's because you're going to feel like you're reliving what you experienced when you were four years old, as opposed to being able to approach it from the wiser eyes that you are now. So it has a lot to do with how equipped you are, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, man. I think that's a, a really valuable part of the conversation. And for me, it always comes down to well, what are we what are we doing for the next round of humans that are coming up right now? You know, I I told you that, you know, my kids, my son is six, my daughter's about to turn three. And this is something I'm going to start thinking about a little bit more because I mean, they're such little beings of light, right? I mean, they can also be little jerks sometimes and like totally push my <laughs> buttons <laughs> but at the same time like thinking about well what is their what is their shadow because it's so easy to just see the light and to just look at them as these as these beautiful little beings but just having that reference point of like well what is what is the shadow that my son is playing with and, and examining and exploring and and also encouraging him to to lean into that and be and for me as a parent being able to be a container where he can explore that in a healthy way and then multiplying that by every single parent who has a small child, that's how we create an entirely different reality when it comes to community, when we're adults, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, it, it reminds me of um, years ago, I think in like 2014 or something like that, 
I went through a pretty deep depression and you know, like all depressions, it was rough. You know, I was in a really dark place. I didn't want to see anyone. And, and I didn't even know fully why I felt that way. All I know is I, I ended up doing, actually, no, I do know part of it. I ended up doing a mushroom trip. And when I did the mushroom trip, I saw that my passions and the things I was doing were all just a blanket to not feel something else I was feeling underneath. Mm. And, and during the mushrooms, like the blanket got taken off and it's like, you actually feel like this inside. Mm. And, and then I was left with that after the trip for weeks and I just didn't know what to do. And, you know, so I was faced, I was just living in the darkness and I didn't know how to be the light or find the light or anything like that. And, you know, I tried different things, um, of talking to people here and there and, and smoking weed to try and get some perspective, which did help on some level. Um, but ultimately, I, I'll never forget, at some point I was, I was in the mirror and I was looking myself in the eyes and just facing myself and seeing what I looked like being in this place. And I was struck with the vision where I, I saw this vision of how inside of me, there's a cave and there's the God in me and there's the devil in me or that which I was perceiving as the God and the devil, labeling as the God and the devil. And the God in me, which was more my saintly side, the me that felt like I always had to be pure and good and smiley and friendly was free. But the devil was locked, you know, because I had labeled it as, as bad. I'd labeled, you know, if we, if we change the name of God and devil to one aspect of me and then another aspect of me, I locked this side in because I had judged it and labeled it as bad and not good enough. So much so that I was trying to fix it. I'm like, you're so bad. I need to fix you. I need to heal you. I need to solve you as if you're a problem to solve, which made it feel more and more depressed, compressed. And mechanically, you know, depression is just self-compression and self-judgment. We compress an aspect of ourselves and we judge it. That's the mechanics. And so when I saw this, I was looking at what I was seeing as the devil and I was just banging to be free. And, and I was afraid of it. You know, I'm like, I'm like, this is the devil. And at some point through a conversation I was having with someone, I started to tune into, okay, well, what are the qualities of this so-called devil that's in my darkness that I'm not wanting to look at? And I'm like, well, he's mischievous and he's raw and he's more wild, and he's outspoken. And when I started to name the qualities, I'm like, those aren't bad things. Right? And, and I'm like, I've been labeling it as bad and trying to fix it. But actually, it's just wanting to be expressed. You know, I'm, I'm wanting to reclaim my Peter Pan shadow. And the second I went from depressed to expressed, I broke through and everything, you know, and, 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 you know, the light shined through, so to speak, and everything transformed for me, you know, so I just kind of share that story for, you know, for whatever it might serve to give a very practical example of really being in the dark and, and what that exploration could look like. And sometimes it just takes that like radical self-honesty to be like, okay, what am I actually feeling here? And it, like, am I trying to constantly fix something and solve something that doesn't need to be fixed and solved? Maybe it just wants to be felt, heard, seen, acknowledged, expressed, respected. That feels a lot better.
you know, so these are these are some of the tools we could use. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you shared that story. It's definitely something that has resonance for me. And I'm sure that a lot of people who are listening are going to find that as well. And encouraging people to have their own creative journey and exploration of what that what that shadow exploration and that darkness is like and also the importance of having uh external references like support right whether it's a good friend or a coach or a mentor or somebody who can help interpret those things because i find that with, with light or shadow work it's important to have mirrors that can help us see the parts that we can't see or consider looking at things differently um you get locked into and fixed into what we see if we're only looking at it through one pair of eyes Um, And especially with some of the dark, heavy stuff that exposes traumas, I'm always, always encouraging people to have support, whatever that support looks like, you know, whether it's a therapist, a coach, or just a good friend, a men's team to, to help you process through it, because a lot of that stuff can be really heavy. And it's important to have that kind of support. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've always worked with mentors and love mentors. And, you know, I always encourage people to, you know, to work with some, someone or, or people who are embodying something that you would like to experience more of mm-hmm. if they're more embodied in love more embodied in joy more embodied in light and wealth that's the kind of person that might be worthwhile to look at as opposed to someone who's only offering a strategy you know but who's but you but you look at them and you could tell they're, they're stressed out you right. know they you know so that's yeah that's the kind of encouragement i offer I love that, man. Well, listen, dude, time flies. Uh, we're just about up with the time that we've got here. Oh, wow. um, I'm, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you one more question and then I'll uh, give you an opportunity just to tell people where they can find you and hear more about you. So uh, what is, what do you think in your assessment is the one thing the world needs more of from men right now? From men. Hmm. Man, that's a good question. Because I could think of it in so many different spectrums. Um, I'm going to say both leadership, like true leadership by by calling themselves forth as leaders, loving leaders, not, um, not leaders as in telling people what to do, but leaders who inspire action. But men who are truly truly devoted to love and being becoming embodiments and emanations and examples of the highest love possible is what we need in all people but i could you know i could put it in the box of men um i feel like there's something a little more i want to speak to here because it's it's such a deep question I feel like the world needs more men who are willing to, to see themselves and their shit and yeah. <laughs> right. And who are willing to just to show up and to be like, look, this is where I'm at. I'm having a hard time or I'm having a great time, but to, to be, that's why I, I, I bring it back to lot to love, you know, to be examples of the love that, th- that they would like to experience and see in the world um yeah yeah that would be my response i i love that man i think that's such a simple way of putting it and that's something i i'm a huge proponent of is men who are willing to be seen 
in in their shit in their ugly and recognize that that it's actually not ugly it's actually one of the most powerful most attractive leadership things that someone can do especially within the right context and so i love that i love that call to action for more men to do that for sure man and you know it's you made me realize something through this podcast and that's that i really don't make much of a distinction in my consciousness between men and women mm. you know you know that's why it's like i almost stutter a little bit when it's like men but i'm like well i'm like yes there's different expressions but for me it's like it, it comes down to the same thing like be devoted to love be devoted to truth be in, in integrity you know um embody who you truly are as opposed to who you think you need to be mm-hmm. you know but yeah i really don't make much of a distinction because it's it, it, it all comes back to deepening your connection with source inside your heart which is genderless yeah, I love that, man. And maybe that's another conversation for another time, because I think that's a really good perspective to have, too. I've had people come on the show and mention the same thing. And just to put a footnote on that for myself, I, I consider somebody who identifies himself as a man to be a man. And I know that that conversation is it, it can go all different directions. Now, the distinction between man and male and masculine are there's actually three different things there that mm. we're talking about. And so mm, I like that. So yeah, let's let's just drop the bookmark in the book right now there and uh, tell us where can people follow you and find you and check out some of the amazing work that you do, man. Tell us where to go. Yeah, definitely. So my website is much surprise is uh, Living Magic. So if you go to <laughs> www.livingmagic.life, that's where you're going to find everything that I'm about that I'm offering um, my services and whatnot. And also, if you just want to check out the the content that I have on social media, you can look up my name on, on YouTube or Instagram, which is David Lion. Lion spelled like the animal. Awesome, man. Yeah, you guys should definitely go check out some of David's stuff. I mean, you're, you're always putting up amazing things and entertaining things. You hit the full spectrum, man. That's one of the things I appreciate about you is you've really found a way to, to bring growth and spirituality to the public in an entertaining way because we know that's mm. that's one of the only ways that people will actually pay attention and and then once you've got them you really you pull them in and you and you help you reveal the real thing it's like a magician <laughs> showing you the trick but it's not actually a trick it's just it's <laughs> within them all along so it's the magic it's the magic <laughs> <laughs> awesome bro well uh yeah man many blessings to you what a what a treat to reconnect with you in this capacity man i wish you the best and i look forward to having you on the show hopefully hopefully you don't have to let a few years go by this time we'll get on there again a little bit sooner 100 percent, man i'm down bro thanks for having me and, and thanks to everyone who, who listened and paid attention <laughs> All right, y'all, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure you swing over to risingman.org to get the links and resources for this episode and every episode of the podcast, as well as all the latest offerings and opportunities we have coming up in 2022 to help you be the man you've always wanted to be. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to us and the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the rising man movement. If you don't know about the YouTube content, go over and check it out because it's got a whole bunch of stuff that we don't put here on the podcast. So go check it out. Follow us on Instagram at rising man movement and big shout out to everybody who's been supporting us all these years, all these days, all these episodes and all these ways. Lots of love to each and every one of you until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.